Thank you for tuning in to the Good Grief, Good God Show, hosted by Grammy nominee and Emmy award-winning hit songwriter Brad Warren of the Warren Brothers. Join us monthly on the first and third Tuesday on your favorite audio platform or in video on YouTube as Brad hosts a wide variety of special guests to find the good in grief through raw, honest conversation about surviving things that suck. I'm producer Matt Pivato. Coming up in one minute, Brad welcomes three-time songwriter of the year and Grammy award winner Casey Bethler. Casey's a hugely successful songwriter. His catalog of songs include Kenny Chesney's No Shoes, No Shirt, No Problems, and The Boys of Fall, Tracy Bird's 10 Rounds of Jose Cuervo, and Eric Church's Hell of a View, plus dozens of other hit songs recorded by the biggest names in country music. Casey's family is filled from top to bottom with elite athletes and musicians. He is the son of Pro Football Hall of Fame General Manager Bobby Bedford and the father of five children, including current Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback CJ, country music recording artist Tucker, and his late son, Clayton, who was fatally stabbed in December 2019. Over the next two hours, Casey will share his testimony of finding the good in grief through his family, friends, and most importantly, his faith, including his journey of forgiveness to the man who murdered his child. Make no doubt that Casey, including his wife Susan, has been a shining light and role model for people like Brad and Michelle who share the grief of losing a child. For more information about Casey, Brad, and the show, check the description or visit goodgriefgoodgodshow.com where you will find the most up-to-date show information, including links to the back catalog of episodes. Lastly, if you would like to help support the show, please hit that subscribe button and leave us a comment or five-star review. Episode 4 is brought to you in loving memory of Sage Michael Warren and Clayton King Bethard. Casey Bethard, are you in the Hall of Fame yet? No. You're not? No. Really? No. God, I was kind of hoping to say Hall of Fame or Casey Bethard. Yeah. You're really not in the Hall of Fame yet? How'd that happen? No, I I don't know. Well, he's coming, obviously, but yeah. No, you know, I don't know. I I do know this. I remember back when Tom Shapiro got in and he was – Man, he was so worried about it. Wor- I mean, this was years ago, and he was call me up, and then I go right with me, go Casey. How does this guy get in, and that guy get in? He goes, will you? Uh, he started asking me, will, I, will you? Do you know anybody? So it turned into a big lobbying campaign. It's a bit of that, sure. You know? Yeah. So uh, that, and you're that obviously year, not lobbying. That year, he started lobbying for it, and he got. He said, "Cause I got you, and I and I would have this person and that person if you would call them up and say." You know, what about, and you know, so he had, you know, and that's, you know, I think that's, I don't know, that's probably how it goes in all these things. I'm going to lobby, I'm going to lobby for you because that's kind of ridiculous. I mean, sure, it's coming anyway. No, but, yeah. I, I honestly, and I'm not trying to be, this is not false, you many, no, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't even know what the qualifications are. I don't know. I mean, I haven't done anything. I don't, I don't really know. And I really don't care. I, I don't think you probably do either, but you, you're, you're far beyond the, whatever qualifications are there for being in the hall of fame. You got, you have a, a buttload of really big songs and great ones, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't really care for me, but I kind of will look at it and go, well, that, that's like, yeah. it kind of pisses me off that you're not in the Hall of Fame a little bit. You know what I mean? Just out of. Well, know <laughs> this, it honestly doesn't piss me off. I, yeah. Yeah. You know, just, it, it just doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't go, huh? What? You know, if, when I look or read. Yeah. You know, but I, I don't, I really don't care. And I, I mean, it's just, you know, how there's so much, so, you know, I don't especially, ever, in the, <laughs> especially in the last, you know this, in the last few years, just the perspective change is so different. It's totally different. I mean, I just don't, 
I don't know. It just doesn't, I don't think about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It seems like it would have happened already. Um, it seems like it would have happened already like five years ago for you long, long time ago before, but you're, you're like well beyond, I shouldn't say some people in the, I hate to ever, I'm, I'm so happy for anyone ever getting there, but, uh, yeah, that's, I'm really actually kind of startled yeah. that you're not in the Hall well, of Fame. Yeah, I that, thought I was kind of close, but if you're not in there, I'm not really no, close. No, no, you, <laughs> you might be. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you might be, you might be close and might be, I I don't know, man. And that's, and that's cool. When you look at it, it kind of confusing. You know, you go, how, uh, you go, I don't even know what the qualifications are anymore. Or the criteria, because that's it could what I mean. Be the criteria, the number of hits, or the girth of those. Yeah. Hits. Or what is it? The length of your career. But you kind of have whatever. all of those. You have the long career with huge hits and a bunch of them. That's kind of the. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's interesting, though. Yeah, uh, it is, and, and I and I like I said, I think the uh, like I said, you know, I think in the last couple of years, the shift in the give a damn. Yeah. Has, has yeah. totally changed. You know. Yeah, it's true because I I definitely. I care, um, and we'll get into this a little later, but I like I can hear in a few of the songs. I don't follow anyone's career very closely, but I do know a couple songs that you've written uh, since uh, since Clay has been been not with us. And uh, I can hear, it's funny, it's subtleties. They're really just subtleties in the, like where you are now. And it's not something direct at it, but I can, I, I like, I hear it. And I go, I know where he, where he is. Cause it's, it's subtle. The things that wind up in the songs that I've written since Sage died oh, yeah. are it's subtle, but I know why I said yeah. that or why, why I had that line in there. And it's, yeah. and it's not necessarily anyone else yeah. would get it, but I feel like I've, I may be wrong, but uh, no, that, totally, totally. I feel like it, it's, um, what we do like competitive, like I, my first thought of you is always football <laughs> Yeah. for whatever reason. I mean, you're, you're not a Hall of Fame songwriter, but I thought you were, <laughs> but no, I always think, I always think about like football and competition. It's a strange thing because what we're just not supposed to be competitive, but you know, quietly. But it it is. Is. Yeah, sure. It is. That's how you grew up, right? Well, yeah. And that's what, what I think makes us, uh, us successful in this town and this business is the competitiveness. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I had dinner with my, the neighbor we grew up next door. I haven't seen him in 10 years and we grew up next door to him. Like, like 50 years, our parents lived next door to each other. So we grew up and uh, he said, Oh yeah, you are competitive. And I'm like, really? And he goes, Oh my God, everything, you know, race yeah. to the end of the street. Yeah. You and your brother would fist fight over basketball, you know, after yeah. school, like yeah. fist fight. And we, we meant it. And I, I guess, and he said, Oh my God. Yeah. You guys were competitive to a fault. And I, yeah. I didn't really, I didn't really think of it until I thought of it. And, and then I was like, Oh my God. Yeah, we were. Yeah. You can't be that close and not fist fight. You know, Thank God for it, by the way. Yeah, totally. Toughen both of us up. Totally. That's like my kids are just con. It's a it's how old? Still. How old are your um, girls now? I know twenty two and twelve. Twenty two and twelve. Holy crap! Charlie's twenty two. Yeah, yeah. I just remember her being in middle school, but I guess yeah. my middle schooler that was there was twenty two as well. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, you just kept having them too. Twelve year old, you still got you still got high school to go through again. Yeah. You're glutton yeah, for punishment. Right. <laughs> You're glutton. Um, so whenever I, I try to, I love quotes. I mean, so, and I say, so I want to have a quote for everybody that I have in here to do this. So um, I found a quote that I thought was you. I try to find a quote that is somebody like who they, what their 
their essence might be. But the quote I, 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 uh, I looked up or, or found for you was, uh, and I don't know who said it, so it's just going to have to be hang out there. Um, but it's, there's nothing less important than the score at halftime. You and I and the journey that we're on, I feel like this is halftime. You know what I mean? We really don't. We really don't know what what's going to happen in the fourth quarter. I mean, we kind of know, but we don't know. Yeah, that's a wow. That's a great quote. You know, it, it was a. Uh, it almost it really does remind me. I was in a with some guys this morning in talking about stuff, talking about biblical stuff. And you talk about, we are literally talking about Paul and his road to Damascus and talking about that a guy that you talk about doing 180 degrees change, turning everything on a dime, you know, like had a run-in encounter with Jesus and, and, and everything changed in his life. So, yeah, that's how you talk about what you what it looks like and where you think it's going and what everybody thought it was going, but no, that ain't that's not how it's going. That was his halftime. Yes, that's exactly I right. That's I think right. we have probably a bunch of halftimes because I definitely had a halftime seventeen years ago getting sober, but yeah. even but losing a kid was halftime. Oh yeah. Um because definitely I mean it's you know it's the worst thing you can ever have, but it's yeah. uh I wouldn't have predicted, uh, I hate using the word blessings. I wouldn't have predicted the good that it was capable of, of coming out there. Um, I would, I would love to hear a little bit about your, um, I know. So your dad is Bobby Bethard, the general manager, NFL general manager for the dolphins and the Redskins and, yeah, no. Are you allowed to say Redskins Chargers, anymore? A, yeah, whoa, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to say it. And it's on Mike. You're canceled. It's on Mike. Canceled. You are canceled. Thank God I'm not important enough to get canceled because <laughs> it already would have happened. Oh, you are important <laughs> enough to get canceled. Uh, Matter of fact, I might do it to help my songs. <laughs> and, uh, if I can get another song on the chart, I think he needs to be canceled. <laughs> but, um, so, I mean, you guys played – you guys played football and your brothers, you have two brothers, right? Yeah. Two older yeah. brothers. Yeah. They both were football guys. Yep. Yeah. And the whole thing. I mean, so it's, I just like, well, I kind of want to hear how it, how you came about it, but also like, how the hell did you become a songwriter? Yeah. It seems like a very odd path. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I'll only, only God, I mean, I, you literally look back in my life. I, I, you know, I was raised with morals and uh, uh, standards and knowing that God is out there and saying prayers now and then and things like that. And, but I never went to church as a kid. My dad says he was whatever and my, he was what his grandparents were. And, um, uh, and they went to church on Sundays and stuff. So we, you know, I knew of God and all that stuff. So, but uh, I didn't really... Uh, you know, all that time going up, you know, I just, it wasn't until later on in my life, I look back and go, man, God had his hand in my life the whole time. And I think he put a gift in me back way back. My mother was and her fam side of the family were pretty musical and it was always singing, always 
singing and playing around Christmas and getting around the pianos and doing like that. And I was drawn to it. And I found out also early in a, in a kind of a, a little bit of a jacked up home, you know, with my mother being an alcoholic and, and my dad always gone that I, uh, m- my best way of getting out my feelings, I just wrote them down. I always did. So ever since I could write, I'd say, tell my mom I couldn't get it out. So I'd, I'd, I'd wait and I'd write down a note and just hand my mom a note and go, this is what I feel. This is what I think. And how old were you when you did that? Probably six or eight when I started doing that. And it was always, and I'd get in trouble or whatever, and I couldn't, couldn't really talk to her. So I'd go in and wait and I'd, I just uh, write her a note or I'd write my brother's note if I was, or, and then it began, you know, then it's turned into that. Uh, uh, and I remember writing poems and then stories. I remember in uh, fourth grade, there, third or fourth grade, and there was a, there was always maybe once a month there on Fridays, you can go up in front of the class and read a story, a made up story. And, 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 I did it one time. I made up a story that made the kids all laugh. And it was like, wow, you know, it's just, man, I got a payoff for that. Man, it worked. I mean, I, my story was good, you know. That's what's so, the guitar on this. This uh, is yeah, going to be yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but even at that time, I think I was nine when my mom was, my mom said, she put me in guitar lessons and she put me in vocal lessons just because she knew I loved it. And my, I loved she and I sang all the time together and, and then she harmonized and I, I'd sing whether it was Michael Jackson or John Prine or any of that. I loved it all. And, and neither of your brothers? No, nobody else did. See that? It's just so, I mean, how does that happen? I mean, it's just wild. And I, so I was always that way. And then I carried it all through, uh, uh, school and then college, uh, I got a guitar and I had a roommate that played and he just showed me some stuff and I started, and then my mom, and then it wasn't, an, I was just learning cover songs, um, making up just stupid songs when you could on like a keyboard with beats and things like that. I was, I was a track guy before yeah. they were track guys. <laughs> you were the original yeah, track yeah, guy, cassette yeah. tape. And- yeah, that's all. That was my musical ability. It was just like <laughs> yeah. turn the Casio thing onto the click and just, nah, nah, you know, whatever. But, uh, and then my mom passed away when I was in college. And, um, and uh, I, that's when I wrote my first song. And my last year of college, I was, you know, uh, among the cover songs, I'd, play that song and got some feedback and good, you know, confirmation from and this it. is where this was in North Carolina, North Carolina when I was in college at a little school there called Elon. Oh yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah Elon college. Oh, you played football there, right? Yeah. 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 And, um, yeah. So, uh, everybody would come over, Hey, play your song and, and do, you know, and, uh, and I got out of college and, went back home and the things that I knew how to do were, uh, were paint and landscape. And, but I figured I had a degree. I was going to get a, go get a business job. I just figured I had to, but at night I'd always go home and I'd just run to my guitar, you know, all the time. And then I found there some bars that I could go play in. What city was that when you went back? That home? was in Alexandria, Alexandria, Virginia. Home was Virginia. Yeah. My dad was out in the West Coast with the 
with the uh, Chargers. And they were divorced by that time. Yep. Yep. So you, and then did you even, like, I didn't know, I wrote songs at 12 years old. Uh, I started playing guitar at 11, started writing songs at 12 because I wanted to be in a band yeah. and I thought you had to write your own songs. Yeah. I have no idea that what we do is a job. Oh, yeah, totally. Didn't, so did you come here to be an artist? Uh, yeah, I came here to be an artist. Yeah. So, no, I mean, I, I guess I had heard of the, uh, a little bit of the songwriters, but I was just more of a fan of the singers, you know especially in country music, but all kinds of music. But when it, when it became country, I was only playing country bars. Yeah. And uh, some guy in the back of a bar one night, you know, when I was just trying to figure out where I was going to do in life, uh, was like, man, you, you know, you're pretty good. I like that song. Did you write that? Yeah, you're pretty good, man. I was, he goes, you ought, to, you ought to go for it. And I was like, what does that mean? How, how do you do that? Where, where do I sign up to yeah, go for yeah. it? <laughs> Put me on that. Because I'm in, but I don't yeah. know how to do that. And he goes, no, man, you got to go to, you need to go down to Nashville. And I was like, really? Okay. And I just, man, it's just crazy. Yeah. I looked at my rent when my rent, lease was up on my rent, this house I was renting out in Centerville, Virginia. And uh, I just made up my mind. I was like, when that's up, I'm going to Nashville. And, um, and so uh, I had some girlfriend up there, all that stuff. And I was, you know, she's like, what? What are you talking about? It's like, yeah, I'm out. You want to go? No. She goes, no. Nah. Hurry up and come back. And, uh, and I <laughs> went in. you back the next week. Yeah. yeah. And it was just, it was, uh, yeah, man. It was just, it was that, it was just, it was great, man. It was just that independence of, just going for it, man. Trying all over and just getting a couple jobs. And what hits me is amazing about that piece of the story is that what well, you're a great singer and really a great guitar player. You you have your own style. I mean, I know, but you're you you on a on a gut string with the low D. I mean, it really you're great at. It. It's like I always say, people say, "Oh, you're really good on guitar." I'm like, I'm good at what I do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I can't. Yeah. I can't do. Uh, everything but i'm yeah. but anyway you you definitely have i could see someone in a bar thinking that but what you're great at is lyric is yeah. this thing and the yeah. guy who encouraged you to come to nashville had no idea probably that or you probably didn't have any idea that you were going to be like a no. great lyricist no because no. that's just a, a lot of people come here and they can play and sing yeah. but being able to to write an idea that anyone gives a damn about is yeah. really hard yeah i i did a lot of that before i came here i came here with a you know, there's some stuff that I left out, like going to different studios and playing and learn somebody, even up there in Virginia, people doing favors and let me in their studio and recording my songs with me and my guitar. And that's it. You know, and I had, so I had, you know, eight or probably 12 songs when I came here and I didn't know what co-writing was, but I, but I love the challenge of trying to figure out a twist or making, taking I don't know. I, th I just thought it was my, that was my favorite thing of coming across an idea and trying to do something different with it. So, so it makes country music thing. great. This yeah. no shoes, no shirt, no problem. You know I mean? That's, that's, I mean, it's just to, our, our common friend, actually the guy that introduced us 20 years ago or whatever it was, Kenneth, more than that, probably Kenneth Wright is bloody, nobody turned a phrase like Casey Beathard. And, and it's true. You, you, you tie a phrase in knots as good as anybody there. It's, that's, it's cool that you, you kind of came here probably not realizing that that was your gift. Yeah. And that, or that was what I was going to end up yeah. doing. No, not at all. 
<laughs> yeah, we're, we have no idea what we're really. Yeah, my, I was going to be a, I wanted to be a, I wanted to be a star, you know? Yeah, my dad said, uh, he goes, uh, he, when we were moving here, he said, hey, don't stop being funny. You're not really as good as you think you are. <laughs> and I was like, and the truth is that years later, you know, I'm the 53-year-old guy in the writing room with 25-year-olds. I said, if, yeah. I, if I cease to be a fun day, yeah. I'm probably out on my yeah. ear. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, totally. It's, it's keeping, you know, my dad's advice still kind of rings through that. Yeah. So is there any resistance with your brothers? Did you, I was just curious if you got like, oh, are you playing guitar for? You're ridiculous. Or no. Anyone telling you were, I know, my parents, my dad is gone. My mom is still here and she's 78 and we've been writing hit songs occasionally for yeah. 20 years. And yeah. I still don't think she thinks this is a job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, she's, you know, yeah. she didn't get any of that. No, no. I mean, I, I, my brothers and my sister, they were actually proud. They were, they were big fans. Like, man, play that song, you know? Probably still asked me to play those first songs. And I'm like, those songs are horrible. <laughs> the whole family always remembers that. Yeah. Like, remember that song you remember wrote in 82? Yeah, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no. That's you. Why isn't somebody singing that? Because it, it sucks. <laughs> you know, it's not good, you know. <sighs> and, uh, but anyway, no, they were proud. My dad was kind of uh, being a dad. He always is. He's like, gosh, he'd always check in and go, dude, dude, you know, not that. That's not what he'd say. But he'd say, buddy, uh, why don't you come, you know, I could put you to work. And one, one season when I was here, I did, I went to work for him. I spent like three or four months. He was trying to save me from this. He <laughs> always, yeah, he really yeah. was. He was like, man, so what are you doing there? And what, well, man, uh, after about a, eight months here, I was finding my groove and all, everything and just figuring out what I did and where to go and how to do things and, open mics and all these things. And he was like, man, why don't you, we need, we're short a scout. Why don't you come do this? And he thought that would, and I did it. I spent about four months scouting, going around the world, around the country, just looking at players and writing reports, turning them back in. And he thought it would, uh, he thought it, that's what I would get. But I, I finally, right, right when the draft was over, he was talking about, okay, well, we'll get started next year on the next. It's like, no, I'm out. I'm out. He's like, really? It's funny. My my middle son, That's he went to college for that. That's what he's doing at Western Kentucky University. Like, you're, nah, I don't want to do that. It's his dream. We all have our own, you know, he's like, yeah. that's what, yeah, that's what I want to do. <laughs> no interest in music whatsoever at all. You know what I mean? It's like. That's, that's crazy. It's, great. it's just, yeah. You, I mean, and I think there's something about. <clears throat> so you had a little bit of the resistance I was talking about, but like for, for Brett and I, the, the, you can't do this. I'm like, thanks. I'm so grateful for those people that said, that's not a job. You can't yeah. do that. What are you doing? Yeah. Because we, I don't know if we love music as much as we love to prove people wrong. <laughs> I mean, that was just, please right. tell us that we can't, do, you know, we yeah. were just ordering. Somebody tell if you, you know, I'm so grateful. I really am. And I'm, if my parents had been the drive you to the gig people, we'd never be here. They were like, no, I'm not buying you equipment. I'm not driving you to the gig. This isn't a real job. You need to cut your hair while you live in my house. <laughs> the whole nine yards. And I, I mean, I'm I'm 53, still living the rebellion. I can't wow. seem to get a haircut or you know, awesome. get a real job. But it well, is it's it back. Is. It's, it's back. That hairdo. If you hang along enough, it'll come back for you. It all I got works. some bell bottoms hanging up in the closet. <laughs> They're going to come back. That's right. Yeah, I've literally had like the same, the same, uh, I don't, I don't even think that it qualifies as a look. <laughs> I would say, I would say it's, it's, uh, 
a lack. I've had the same lack of style consistently for. You have to say you've you've had it. You've had a, 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 a visor. Yeah. And and yeah, that's just you figure. You still look like a coach, even though you're not in football. Well, oh, you no. were a coach. I know you coached your boys. No, I, is, yeah, it's yeah. funny. I get I get confused that way all the time. Yeah, um, I I got I got to watch your boys play football early. Yeah. Uh, CJ, I never forget just you making that kid run back and forth to get to get the play every down. I'm like, man, run another kid in there to give that kid the play. But I'll never forget that it was <laughs> it was out of JP two and and uh, and I remember that the guy with the ponytail called that penalty that that or he did something that oh there was a guy that some kid tripped. I think tripped with his foot and see, remember the guy with the ponytail, the, and all that you got, you and Brett and Kenneth and me, we were all yelling at the guy with the ponytail. That was your first time ever going to a game. And at the same time, you were like, what is he making him run so much for? Then you were out there, you, hey, hey, we, <laughs> you know, it was awesome. We were all in, man. There was, there was, and by the way, it's every kid, it's, it's, Really funny, man. I mean, every kid has a potential. That kid is playing in the, your son is playing in the NFL. The kid yeah. you made. So I'm like, I'm Crazy. far be it for me to tell you, run, making him run back and forth to the sidelines, probably put him in the NFL because his work <laughs> ethic was up there. Let me tell you, yeah. you had him worked over. Yeah. And I just thought, man, there's bound to be an easier way to get that yeah. kid some plays in there. He's dead, you know, he's back and forth. Yeah. And then the other thing I remember is, um, so Sage was, uh, I guess, one or two grades behind Clay, but for, when he was a eighth grader or freshman, Tucker was a senior at yeah. BGA, yeah. and so we either either he was a freshman and not on the team yet, or or he was an eighth grader and we were just going to the Father Ryan games. But we went and saw Father Ryan versus uh, BGA, yeah. And uh, y'all didn't have much of a team, but, but Tucker was unbelievable, yeah. and he was playing quarterback, and they were beating the crap out of him and he was making the throws and making yeah. the runs and challenging the game just by himself. And then he goes and plays defensive back and went, Oh no, there's no way that kids. And then they're going to punt and he goes back to return the punt. I'm like, Oh my God, this is like, this felt the same way I did about CJ running back and forth across yeah. the field. I'm like, that's funny. Wow. They're going to, they're going to kill that poor kid. Yeah. And I mean, he was, he's, he, he's not very big, but I mean, no, he was taking he, hits yeah, and delivering right. hits and, Knocking people's head off. That was the most impressive thing I'd seen because even more than anything I ever saw CJ do, because I'm like, that kid is getting pounded and yeah. still making plays, making this a game. And he literally never came off the field. I think he snapped the ball sometime. I, <laughs> I mean, know it. It was, it was awesome. crazy. Yeah. That's, that was so awesome. Those yeah. years. I think that's how it was with all of them. No, I mean, CJ came off the field. Clay came off the field. Some, but they were willing to, and, you know, they played a lot. A lot of downs at that school. Uh, this, I mean, it's Sage didn't do it till he was a senior, but as a senior, he played both ways and returned punts and kicks. And and I thought, man, yeah. you always want him to be on the field the whole time. Yeah. And about a third quarter, I'd be like, I guess I can't rest. Yeah, <laughs> Give him a break, but it was nice to not have him. Yeah. Um. So we tell me Clay's story. I mean, you yeah. Know, I mean, that's that's uh, the that's the thing we don't want to have in common that we do. But here we, yeah. you know. Yeah. Here we are. Clay, uh, yeah, he uh, he was a uh, the third child, um, like me. So we had a lot in common of uh, of of always taking it as a challenge. Our older brothers, the two older brothers, are always real close. So, you know, 
I was closer to my little sister, my, my sister, and like he was. So he hung around Charlie. I hung around my sister, Jamie. We were that way. We uh, figured it, it was kind of like a, not a rivalry, but you wanted to be your brothers, but you were always in a, I'm going to outdo them, you know? I'm going to, I'm going to do everything better and bigger and whatever they do, I can do more. And he was, he always, you know, you kind of feel like the outsider, but he was, uh, yeah, he was, uh, uh, yeah, he was just a very independent, um, really a lot like me, very responsible and accountable guy that, that didn't never wanted anything from anybody he always wanted to do it himself he he got tools at a young age he had he wanted to be an army guy at a young age he wanted to do everything he wanted to make his own money he wanted to he didn't want anything while the other ones in the family are going hey uh you know needing gas or whatever he would all hey dad I'm, man i'm sorry look i'm gonna come home and do this and but you know or he would just go without until you noticed and go hey uh do you need he goes oh no no dad don't don't do that i'll i'll figure out a way to get no man that's what i'm here for you know let me uh mm-hmm. you know that type right. of stuff. and he was uh so he was that guy and he uh he was a uh a military uh junkie he loved he wanted to be a navy seal even though, the funny thing is he he started getting recruited by the naval academy coming out of school and we're like and that's awesome and he was like I mean, I want to, I want to do that, but not now. I don't want to go to college for it. I want to go to a real college and have fun. You know, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to do that yet. I'm like, dude, you know, he goes, I'll do it after college. You know, I'll, I'll go, then I'll join. As I see a, it. I watched him like, play. I get it. Yeah. yeah like, it's, it's like, I don't want to go through all those rules right now. And I'm like, I want to have a college, you know? So, uh, but, uh, yeah. So that, that was, uh, he was, I mean, you know, we're kind of biased. Just a goofy, awkward in in social skills. He had no. I always told him that he was. For me, he was like gifted in the in the stature department and looks department. I mean, he uh, he was. Everybody always talked about that about his looks you know all-american surf boy yeah he looked at he had it he had it all going for him and all that stuff but he (laughs) his game was so it was horrible he was the worst it was so funny he couldn't he couldn't talk to a girl to save his life man he was that makes it look more charming when he has no game oh yeah zero (laughs) game the worst i mean he would uh and anytime he had a girlfriend it was always that that one just that that dumb thing that he couldn't get past that he had to break up. He had this girl. He went off to a junior college in in Iowa, Western Iowa, and he and he had been talking to this girl somehow, some way. But he met her. Finally, met up with her. She was lived in Des Moines, Iowa, and they became uh, boyfriend and girlfriend, and they were hanging out, and it was getting. You know, I never met the girl, but he had spent six months with her, and and it was it was really cool. And he was spending every weekend, every Friday night, he'd drive to uh, like Ames, Iowa, near Iowa state where her dad was a, a high school coach. So it was like a cool fit. She was a daughter of a high school football coach. He liked football people. They were all, they all got along. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, 
it was like, hey, whatever happened? Or, what do you guys, how's that going? He said, oh, no. No, that ain't talking. We're done. That's not, I'm like, oh, okay. And then you finally got down <laughs> to the bottom of it. It was, they went out, he went out to go eat with her and they were driving back to wherever the house was or, you know, and she, he, he couldn't get over it. There was a piece of something stuck in her tooth. <laughs> and, and he just, the whole time he was talking, he didn't know how to tell her for one, that it was stuck there. And second of all, he just couldn't get past that picture. And the next day, he literally <laughs> said, I, yeah, he broke up. Oh, next week or whatever, he broke up. Yeah, she wasn't the one. Because if the oh, one, you can just excuse that. the... Uh, he had little that. quirks like that. He was very... He could not... You know, Brett broke up with a girl one time because she didn't cry during Dances with Wolves. And he was like... That girl did not cry. How could you watch that yeah. and not cry? Oh, I get it. Hey, you're not yeah. a Christian. Get out. He, anyway, he he couldn't he couldn't get over it. He broke up with it because she didn't cry and dancing with wolves. Yeah, I thought that. So that's that's probably just as bad as. But he was. I'll tell you what. One thing about him was, uh, you know, I'm not trying to make him out to be more than anything. You know, I got to be careful of that. But uh, his uh, man, he uh, he's an underdog fan. He just. He knows he's just a real guy. He was so real that he could not tolerate fakeness. He just couldn't take it. He couldn't stand egos. He couldn't stand any of that. Even in our family, and it was it was awkward getting around cousins and people like that. He would defend. He just couldn't do it. You know, like we we're going, hey, well, they're all coming over for dinner. He's like, Dad, why? Why, why are they? <laughs> because it's my brother, and it's because it's the whoever. And he's like. They lie, Dad. They lie. Well, you cannot trust them. And I'm like, I know, but it's Christmas. Come on, Dude, man. He's like, oh yeah, dude, just be it. And he's like, right. you know, what things like that. He just wanted. He was a right thing guy, and he didn't. If you go back to maybe, I, I, I don't. But a lot of people would say like stuff he posted on whenever he post. It was, um, you know, he just didn't believe in that unless it was some kind of something that that would make a difference in the world or the kingdom or, or encourage somebody that type of stuff is all he ever posted. And, uh, and then when you go through the, uh, that was the one great thing about going through the trial that I was just so adamantly, I mean, you know, it was crazy. I like it. I don't liken it to this all, but I just did the one thing it reminds me of. I remember the, before we were going to go to that trial, it was like, uh, man, why do we got to do this? And everybody's like, Michael, because look. And I remember when Jesus was in the garden and sweating and crying and asking the Father, you know, to take the cup from it. But if it's your will, then we'll, we'll go through it, you know. And then I was like, man, because some things you don't want to do, but you have to do. Well, we just have to do. And we're going to go do it. And the Lord, I saw the good in it all because... It was really crazy because they witness after testimony after testimony on trying to defame his 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 character and the character witness was just overwhelming. I was just like, "Yeah, I, I, I know enough guy. to know that wasn't going to happen." Like, yeah, I was just, like, but I, I mean, I knew that, but it was so re reaffirming just to hear the remember who he was and just the stuff you know, like. His senior year, he's the quarterback. I mean, there were the, these girls, they were one. 
to go to prom or all these things with them. And I didn't even know this till someone brought a book over of pictures and stuff from like one of these and thoughts of clay that sits on a table you could read about after the fact. And, um, who, what's this? And he goes, and Susan's like, that's that, that's the girl that he took to prom. And like, who is it? And he goes, I, that's just, he took her because she, he knew no one had had asked her and she'd never been to one. And I was like, dang, I didn't know that. And he goes, yeah, cause she, she of course she's not going to tell you that, but all these things come out and you hear the testimony on, on, from there on the, and, um, so it was just overwhelmingly made me proud. And then, and while I couldn't watch most, most of the vi video evi evidence, I got to see a lot of it to see the sequential things, how things went down. And I got to see who the guy he was that night and uh, how innocent and how fun, much fun they were having and how he was a, you know, he was a sober kid. He was sober. You don't really know exactly what yeah, happened. So you, you see it? And you know that he's a great kid, but he, did he have a bad yeah. night? Did, what, what happened? Yeah, there? I, I was battling on all that, you know, dang, dang, Clay, if you'd only... If you'd only, if you'd only, and that the things that I had heard and whatever, but when you get to sit there and go through it and talk with the lawyers and go through all the evidence and talk the detective, you know, in recesses and go, man, wait a minute. So they, they, his, everything about him was scrutinized, you know, from what he had on to what he had in him. Mm -hmm. And there was nothing in him and there was no, and only things on him were, uh, you know, it was awesome to see the, just the big screen and these people watching and to see that, you know, this was on his neck and it's a cross. This was on his wrist and it says Jesus Christ. And this was on, and just these things on him and you're going, wow, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's him. And then they talk about the, then I see what he did. It was when I, when it was clear that his friend he was a bystander watching a mob happen over and walk, walk over to this mob scene. And he watched his son, his friend, AJ get stabbed in the head. And that only then he stepped in and I was like, he didn't do, he didn't, I go, man, he would, and I would, I would probably, I would have done it. I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't have done it, but I would, you couldn't stop him from doing that every single time. I hope I would have done it. Yes. And I would I hope that I he would've. did it every time. Yeah. Um, no, it says no, I don't know what it says, no greater love than that of a of a man that'll die for his friend. And it was just like, it just, I just, when I saw the way it really went down, literally I was like this and not watching and plugging my ears, which there was no sound, but I was trying to, watch it look up every now and then when I could see certain scenes were over. But when I, I had to watch the sequence of events and when did he get involved and why? And I was like, I mean, it, and it crushed me with pride. I mean, I, I don't think I'd ever felt a, a release and I could finally go, dang, oh, I'm so, I'm so proud of my son, you know? And I know that's, and I, and we talked about it so much. I was like, dang, there's no other way, you know, in this situation, he would have wanted to go out. Ah, that was the seal guy he wanted to be, you know, and he was that, that, that guy. And, uh, but that, that was him and it was typical of him. But, uh, and 
you know, maybe I realize now that was probably a battle of things that he should have or could have controlled before then. And if only. And And then you go into when you go down that hole, that's a that's That's a a hard uh, hole. That's a loser because that hole that hole doesn't matter. Um, And and you know, and it doesn't. And that was just me because my my kids and when I was talking about I was like, guys, and they're like, Dad, you keep going there. I mean, it doesn't matter what happened. I don't care if he was if he was hammered or whatever. It just doesn't matter. He did not. You know, no one deserves that in this, you know, it just, yeah, you know, yeah. oh, of any it's um, so I'll, I'll never forget uh, a couple things. I'll never forget December 21st. It's my birthday. We're driving to December 21st, 2019. Right. Yeah. yeah. And we're driving to Memphis. Me, Michelle, my wife, my three boys are driving to uh, Memphis to go see a Grizzlies game for my birthday. And just hang out. I get a phone call from our mutual friend, Kenneth Wright. Clay Bethers got stabbed last night and he died. And and I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll just never forget that moment we're driving and our, we all started crying in the car. And um, I reached back and grabbed Sage's hand. He was sitting catty corner from me. And he said, yeah, that, that I, I've been in that situation. So I've been in situ- And by the way, we didn't know the situation. Yeah. He just, yeah, I didn't either. Sage had struggled, by the way, it's, it's funny. These kids that there, there's a group of men that, that you're on a text chain with us, that guys that talk, um, probably 15 dads There's a common thread amongst these, a lot of these kids that have left, but Sage was the protector, like to a fault. Like he was, we were the summer before he passed, we were in, LA. We were walking down the Santa Monica pier and some guy came up because I look how I look, <laughs> you know, whatever, and offered to buy, to sell us weed. And we're like, no, we're good. And then he came in again and kind of, oh, are you sure? You know, and we're like, no, we're good. And then he kind of came around a third time and Sage just, that's my mother. You do not talk to my, you, that's it. You don't talk to my mother. Back it off. You need to, what, what do you say? You need to bounce, <laughs> you know, like, oh. and, and like, I, Took him aside after that, and I said, "Buddy, I know you think you're protecting your mom, but you're really just putting her in danger. Just, just keep walking, man. You'll get to the end of that guy's little territory." And you, but that protector in him couldn't. Like he was a protector to a fault. He couldn't help himself, and Clay couldn't help himself. And 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 I, I mean, God, we don't want the result, but the the pride in that. And so you knew who he was, and the truth is, it doesn't it doesn't matter because you knew who he was. But it is, man, it does. I have only, and, and Sage's death was a completely different thing in way, but I have only been encouraged by the things that I've heard since his death yes. from coaches, from his friends, from exactly. people that say they're sober and alive because of him today. So when you hear that stuff, just as a dad, just as a comfort, like I know, we know he's good. We know they're good where they are. But to hear that, it, it's, it's just, it means a lot. It's got to mean a lot. Well, yeah. And not only that, and this might encourage you and help you, and, and Michelle is that, I mean, I get, I get the benefit of, of, of hearing stuff and looking back of, okay, how did that go down literally and whatever. And I look at the, the sequence of events and the time and the whatever, and that you, you can't even make it up. You're like how there's so many, there were so many outs. There were so many, uh, you know, a, like he almost it's, didn't it's, go out that night, right? Yeah, or something? He, uh, he, all, first of all, he just was this close to not going. And he goes. He had to go. And uh, his Uber was there, you know, 15 seconds later. You know, his, uh, you know, the guy does this and the guy does that and the whatever. And the, if, the, if this or if that, you know, if they're, you know, it was just, uh, 
you know, it's just crazy. I think uh, in the character of, of both the kids that left that night, uh, it's the same same kind of guy. You know, there's like Paul and Clay, same kind of guy, just uh, just great kids, great great warrior kids, and you know, and I, and I uh, and as much as we've talked about Sage, you know, there's. There's nothing what we could do about it. I don't know how the Lord at the time for some for some reason is building up his kingdom for something, but it was just an odd way of all these people going. A lot of people went at the same time and I'd heard so many stories, the same kind of character guys. You know, I have no doubt that oh, even if you ever did, I mean, you know, your, your, your son, my sons, they've all been into the same things. They all do the same. They're all the same kind of kids. They, they go was, to the same, the same uh, uh, conference of, of high school football, the same kids they hang around, the same stuff they do. And why, I mean, just these kind of good kids, they get taken out. I mean, I, it's no coincidence. It's not, it's just, it just is. And we can't do anything about it. And, and I look, I like to look at it more like, uh, you just, it was that, it was their time. It was absolutely their time. Yeah. It just was. Yeah. And we're all going to have a time and it gets me, it puts me, we, we've discussed this before, but this event in my life puts me in a, in a, in a position where I have a perspective that I would love to have lived more of my life with yeah, without losing my yeah. son over. Yeah. Like right. don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. Don't just don't sweat the small stuff. We're all going to die. Know where you're going when you die. Yeah. Now, be confident with that. I have, I have introduced, we are, I'm raised Southern Baptist, super, super, super <clears throat> yeah. um, charismatic type yeah. type family. And, and there was a lot, by the way, no, no childhood is perfect. There's a lot of messed up, things and, and and I had great parents and a great family just strangeness in the in the religion of my childhood I have been able to and by the way I, I through getting sober 17 years ago I found God and I, we have been taking a different path that we're meeting up the closer we get to yeah. the answer I'm meeting up with all the people that I'm like oh okay we're we're going the same place we're yeah. just just doing a different way but this event of losing my son has introduced me to a whole new God yeah it's the same God I just am, I'm like, oh, oh, you mean you're actually rooting for me? Yeah. Not against me? Yeah. Oh, you're, you know, you're actually yeah. on my side and you just want the best for me. This yes. isn't a punishment to have to behave and act this way. Yeah. And you haven't promised me. So Toby Mack, I talked to um, after Sage died on the phone. I know we had friends in common. I don't really know him, but I, but we, we talked on the phone and he, uh, he gave me a couple tidbits that I never forgot. And one of them was that, don't get mad at God about things he never promised. <clears throat> like he didn't promise sure. us we weren't going to have trials. In fact, he kind of promised us that we were going to. Yes. Um, but he will walk with you through through those things. And um, the idea that like there's an element a little bit now to me, like bring it on. I yeah. can take it. What, what do you got? I'm Real. good. Because yeah. I'm God's going to walk with me through this and it can't be more painful than what I'm doing. And I do everything a little better than I did two years ago. Yes. Everything. Um, 
whether it's be a father and a husband and a friend or whether it's exercise and and whatever I'm doing is going to be a little bit better. By the way, that's not saying much for some things. You know what I mean? But but everything I do is going to be done a little righter than it was before just because lack of fear, lack of care. Man, you talk freedom. about freedom, not caring what people think. Yes. I thought I didn't care what people think. Yeah. I did. I did. I don't know. Yeah. But I really did. And that's yeah, I think a, man, you stop, that's a freedom. Stop trying to please the world. It goes from like, I always say this, believing in God to believing him. And so everything he says and what he, what is in the word, even Jesus said that he was like, and when he gets tempted in the, out there in the middle of nowhere and, and he said, even him, he's like, look, this is what great, this is the freedom we have. Just go, he, he says, well, it is written. My father says this. So that's why I can't. That's why I'm not. I don't, I don't have to be afraid. You know, anything that we could walk free and they're going, why don't you? Well, why is this? Why is that? Because it is written. My father says, and I believe him. And I know these things to be true. I know a lot of these things. And you couldn't have got, you could say, I wish I could have had this earlier or whatever, or me too. But it, it couldn't have been any other way. I mean, it's, you know, they take, he's taking, um, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, and I think it's the same for you, taking idols that were coming between me and God out of my life. And that, and probably my biggest one were my kids, you know, just get, yeah, man, you got to get, you know, like I, I've told you all this, but, uh, you know, it wasn't long prior to that, uh, where I was just battling with a lot of things. And I, and I, um, was, in the middle of worrying about what was going on with CJ, wherever he was and texting him this, you know what, if he did this and if he walked and if he prayed it, I don't even know if he'd been whatever. And, you know, and she's like, Casey, you, you're going to kill yourself. You're going to wear yourself out. You need, she goes, you're a good dad, man. You're, but you need to let him go. And I was like, yeah, okay. uh, You mean let go and let God, the bumper sticker. She's like, that's a big yeah. AA thing. Too. I go, yeah. <laughs> How do you do that? How do you do that? And I mean, like God just going, uh, I'll show you. And now you know, right? Yeah. yeah. And he allowed it to happen because uh, it turned into me. I, I came to a place that's going, you know, I remember early, it was probably three or three in the morning. I was looking out the window in the, a day afterward, just not sleeping and looking out a window and go reading scripture that I'd been Texas text, you know, from, he is close to those in mourn and whatever these things, these, you know, and I'm reading, I'm going, okay. And he, he is comfort, find comfort in this. And I was like, okay. And I was talking out loud, just God, I need it. I need this. Prove this. I need it. Where is it? I don't feel it. What are you talking about? You know, and just, but I was seeking him, you know, I was like, you, I want to believe this. So show me, please show me what you're talking about. And then, then you just fast forward. And now, I mean, here we are over two years later. And I'm just like, how did I get here? Because he, because he gave me what he promised. And it was only because you seeking him. And, and, and it's just, uh, and it's just, now I could literally, I mean, I could have a few months ago, a year ago, 
She go, man, I, of all my five kids, there's one that I don't even have to worry about. He's safe. And I was always worried about where are they? What are they doing? Are they going to be okay? I don't fear death anymore. There's nothing I fear. It's of no consequence to those found in the Lord. It just doesn't mean anything, you know, and it's just so, and all our family knows that our kids know that. And we talk about it all the time and what the truth is. And so that brings a peace that, you know, and a joy in, in all things. Now I understand what it's like to suffer, uh, rejoice in my suffering because now it just brings me closer to God every time. And going, oh, you pro- you promised these things in all things. I I in the war- praise you. You are for now to get through. You're not just some thing that I I, I got to cover charge stamp. For when it comes, when I die, I want to make sure I go to heaven. So I'll throw the water on me, do all the stuff, and so I can go. Yeah. No, I need them for right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, first of all, the ripple effect, you have no idea what it does because you, well, let me refer to what you just said. Cause I, I agree. I, I used to think that we were doing all this to get to heaven. Well, right. they, you can't earn that. It's no. grace. And like I, no, my mother who knows exactly the Bible right. more than anyone else, my mom can't earn it. It's a gift. You can't earn a gift. A gift's given to you. The, I feel like the gospel is for us here. This is yes. how you do this. I'll tell you, that's that'll take care of itself. Don't worry about that. It is. This guy's for here. This is the best way to live here. But the ripple effect of how you are, because you are, um, you know, and in, in, in my world and eyes, you're the one of the least full of shit people I've ever met, and you're a spiritual rock, right? You're you're un, unabashedly reliant on. You told me. A, days after whatever in the room right back here you you did what you said and and um i wasn't there at the moment but when you said i don't i'm not afraid of death i have one kid that i'm not worried about finally and i thought man that's true and that was really what i was always worried about and um it isn't always there there's pain involved there's i know you have bad days i've bad days yeah. there's pain involved but i am not afraid of death just not afraid of death yeah. um like I was about to, I was about to sell my motorcycle before Sage died. It's just Nashville's getting crazy with traffic and whatever. Uh, and I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not out there trying to get, trying to get hit or anything, but I started riding a motorcycle again and I see this freedom just yes. like a loose garment, just riding with a loose garment. And that, um, that ripple effect of you having that faith and you said earlier, you said it's not believing in God and start believing God. Like I like the difference between faith and trust. Like yeah. faith is, I believe that bridge will hold between yeah. the, the, the two cliffs and trust is just getting across and walking yes. it, you know, and there is a trust that I have in the process. Like if I'm wrong, I'm taking it all the way to the end. Yeah. Cause it's, I, I know that what I've felt in this thing and I, this I just, think the human spirit is far more than this one life can this body can 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 handle it's just there's so much more and i am just so not the guy to first of all i'm the guy to be afraid of death yeah and i'm the guy to be a christian because i'm hedging my bets but not because it's you know the great way to live at all i just want to make sure i don't wind up in the in, in the other place and uh which is such you're just missing so missing the point i I miss i'll blame it on myself not how I was raised or the church I was in or who I was. I blame it on myself. I missed the point of all of that. I was just trying to not get in trouble. I, instead of the, the unbelievable benefits of actual true trust. The yes. trust means the pressure is no longer on me. Yes. I'm finally, oh, hey yes, man, whatever, exactly. bring it on. I remember when I got to 
Nashville and later on I met my wife. We were over there living in an old I knew there was I needed something more. Even though I hadn't I didn't have anything yet, but I I needed something more that I started this family and I I needed to be a responsible and accountable and I knew God, how do you what am I doing? What am I doing? And uh, my old running the hell together buddy was coming through town and asked to stay at my house. Imagine that. Where was he going? Oh, oh my, my old roommate in college and the, the guy that I the talk around town was that he met Jesus on a, on, on a prison floor. And, uh, and he's a Jesus freak. And I was like, Mike is, you're kidding. Me. Wow. That's crazy. And then I get a call from him. He's going to start to plant a church in East Tennessee and needs a coat from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he's driving and he and his wife and kids want to stay at the house on the way. I go, Hey, what are you doing? He goes, yeah, Jesus said, uh, I'm going to open a church. And I was like, this guy, Mike, we were, we were as wild as you could possibly be together, you know? And, uh, he stayed at the house and all he said to me was, was, uh, Man, he said, uh, and he just got out of uh, evangelism school in Tulsa or something. Went to college for two years. Anyways, he uh, he always said to me, he goes, man, so you trying church? I go, yeah, I've been thinking about that. So I've been going around these churches. There's a church of Christ over here I went to the other day. And he's, you know, and he's asked me about it. I don't know, man. It was just kind of. It was just like being in detention, you know. <laughs> he goes, well, yeah, yeah, and he clocking was, in, the clocking in. All yeah, this and I was like, over. I did, I don't know. I didn't get it. it. Was hard. I didn't understand it all. And it was very. It was just, oh, you know. And, <laughs> yeah. I, and I felt it like that. And uh, so he just laughed, and he goes, "Man, you should uh, just try to get to know Jesus. Go to a church where they I got somebody will tell you about Jesus." It's like, okay, well, I don't know what that looks like. He goes, you know, maybe it doesn't, you know. And I go, here's the thing, Mike. I like my beer and I like my Copenhagen. And he's like, and he laughed again. And he goes, man, yeah, bring it. He goes, bring it. Bring it to the relationship. I go, what are you talking about? And I go up there and he goes, man, you can't, you can't clean yourself up before you, you're not going to clean yourself up good enough for him. Nobody. And I was like, wow. And I did it. And that's when it all, that was all. The next day, that's all he ever said. He was Mike. He was funny and all this stuff, but he just wasn't, he was the same fun, crazy guy, but in a different way. You yeah. Know? And, and it, a positive. It's it, funny you said that because I told my mom uh, after, because she, she's a great lady, but she's just very, I mean, she's just, she's yeah. very far uh, into her version of things. Like my dogma is dead yeah. on, you know, kind of, we were raised kind of in that way. And uh, I said, Mom, I've learned one thing through this for dead sure. God wants a relationship with me now, not when I quit cussing. Yes. <laughs> he is not waiting for me to quit cussing. I've been waiting for me. You know, you've been waiting for that. He's not waiting for that. He can handle me in the F word. He's, you know what I mean? And, and then, you're not hiding it from him. No, no. Not hiding it from him anyway. Yeah, I know. So, but I just so stopped trying to hide it from him. Go in there and. 
Yeah. Hang out with them. We, uh, man, some of the, one of the, my favorite AA, uh, I'm not even supposed to call it AA when you're in, in sort any sort of press, but 12 step meetings you're in. And some guy from New York said his, his first prayer ever was like to God. And he just finally got on his knees and he didn't know how to pray. He'd never been to church. He's a New York guy. And he looked up and he said, fuck it, you win. <laughs> and I thought, what a great prayer. Wow. That's, that's probably Paul, you know, wow. that's his thing. Wow. And I, it's, it, awesome. um, but that is something it's like, it might, the way I was raised, your beer and your Copenhagen weren't going to be allowed in there. Well, so, I mean, right after that, so I, I really began searching for a place and I ended up finding this church. This guy in jeans was talking about life and the Bible and he's reading it and it made sense. And I just came into a, a repentance place and I was like, I'm in. And I, and I was born again. And when I was 25 and, and, and started going to this church over there in Murfreesboro area and, um, uh, you know, bringing the family there and raising it. And then that room moved out over here. And I, you know, and I was, uh, I was, I was doing my best to, to live, to try to do, you know, be a Christian and whatever that looks like to me. But there were a lot of things I just wasn't surrendering. I hadn't come to a full surrender and I wasn't, I wasn't going to give him, um, no, I got these and that was my kids. I got my kids and they, so what? Yeah. And I'm going to, man, I got to make money, some money. So I'm going to write what I want to write and I'm going to say what I want to, I'm going to do what I want to, you know, and I wasn't a, you know, and I, I had, you know, being a competitive guy and it, I was, you know, I hadn't treated everybody the, as good as you should. I mean, coming up, I had some, uh, jealousy in me especially in this town looking around and uh resentment over some things and a lot and and it just and you're trying i was trying in everything i could do and it was just a hard last 20 years of trying to battle between god and walking in the world and i was man i was just it was just hard and, and until this happened i i could not come to this surrender. I was I, I just going to say the word know, surrender because it's like a surrender to that, both. I mean, that's my, that was like, I literally was like, all right, you win, you know? And then I, it was like, I, I, I trust you. I believe you and I trust you. And I just started sinking and going and so on. I needed answers so bad that I was reading everything. Oh man, I believe this. I believe you. Wait, you said what? Oh, you mean this? You mean in all these things? I, these things have missed me before. I've been listening and going to church, but you know, and that's cool. Did you get with that in church? That's cool, man. I don't know. I feel good about that. But I mean, I mean, it's just a relationship, like an encounter that all of a sudden, like what I know what he wants for me now. And so people are like, oh, so you can get born again now and um, you could go uh, do what you want. And I said, yeah, that you could do what you want. I go, but, but they, I won't tell you the trick is that. You're not going to want to do the same thing. Your wants become his wants, you know, and then you, and and it's just like, because the desires of your heart, man, I was going to get what I wanted. Yes. The the truth is that my, the desires of my heart changed. And when I saw you in court, there's a news clip someone sent to me. I saw you in court forgiving the kid that stabbed your son. I was like, wow. If we do a lot of Christian talk, uh, I was raised in it. But that is a rubber meets the road moment where it's like, man, you talked to that kid like he was one of yours. 
And it was, that, that was, it blew me away. It, it literally kind of leveled me for the night. And I had to yeah. kind of just like, I was with some people and I had to regroup but that, that. I had to be incredibly hard. Very first time I, I went and saw that kid, it was in the preliminary hearing and I was sitting in court and I looked over and it was uh, really, it was really weird, man. It was just started. I didn't, I didn't hate him. I don't know. It, could, it wasn't me. I just couldn't hate him. It was a thing. I just didn't even know. I was like, and he started going, and this guy's trying to defend him, this this uh, one, this other lawyer that started You hated out. the attorney, though, didn't you? Yeah, huh? <laughs> you hated the attorney, though, Yeah, I wasn't you? a fan yeah, of the attorney. I wasn't a fan of the attorney. And then he was trying to defend him. He was talking about his, you know, whatever, and his dad and this, or that, that they, nobody was around and all this. I go, man, he never. I go, man, this guy never had a dad, let alone a father. He didn't know Nobody loved him like he should have been loved. And I just kind of, it broke my heart. And I was like, where's this, where's this coming from? And it was just that encounter that it was, uh, I think I'd finally, uh, I don't know. I just think finally everything in me was just, it just kind of let go. Let it stopped. It stopped. It was just like, quit trying so hard. I mean, that is, that is, is the point of all, all of the Christianity and all of the church I got beat to death with and the place I'm trying to find my way back to now. Well, I actually, I'm not trying to find my, I found my way back to, yeah. but to making sense of where, who's right and who's wrong. It doesn't really matter. The essence of all of it is you being able to have empathy for that kid. Yeah. That's, a, I mean, that, talk about a miracle. That's Man, a miracle. I mean, what, you don't even you, know where it came from. Because you got to believe that, that, I believe again in the in the in the Saul to Paul story, run his road to Damascus. And, I mean, he's killing, he's persecuting and killing Christians, and all of a sudden, Jesus loved him enough to meet him in the middle of the desert. Desert and goes, man, I I love you so much. I want you. I, I I'm I'm pouring out my grace on you. Believe in me, and you know, start doing your work for me. It's not me to you know. It'll just eat me up if I spend all this time. Why bother with it? It's just going to eat me up. And, and the father's going, man. Let me have that. Don't worry yeah, about res- it. Hey, hey, I know you didn't get all the hits you wanted today in the game. Let me just tell me about it that you, whatever, and then move on. I will handle that with your coach or whatever, you know, and just, just go on and you trust him. And I, I, I didn't know, I was always trying to figure that out. What does he mean? But now I just go take him at his word and go, okay. And it set again, it just sets you free. I don't have to hate him because the Lord's got it in under, he's going to do what he wants. And he is always, well, this would be wasted if I, you know, just going, man, and, and, I, and I'll, I'll be honest with you. When they asked, they said, if any of you have a statement, uh, you could say something tomorrow in the sentencing thing. And I was like, and I stayed up at night trying to think about it, what I would say and if I would. And it wasn't until early in the morning that I figured, no, this I, I just knew God gave me what to say in it, but I didn't, that part, that part didn't, wasn't, that wasn't written down. And I just, but I looked over him and I, and that first time I ever saw him in all these days and all these trial days, I looked at him and I just, man, he, uh, it just, he looked like he was just a kid and I, and I spoke and it just broke me down and he started to, he started the first time I ever seen him cry in all these days. And, and he shook his head. He nodded at me like I know. And um, I was, 
blown away. And all I could think of is the one more. That's what, that's what he's doing. That's why I said, you know, the, you know, he'll leave the 99 to get the one more. And, it, and how much would it mean if he turns from his ways and, and, and gets saved and, 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 and Tatum literally did say that. She goes, how cool would it be if Clay and Michael could be friends in heaven? And then anyway, in the next two days, this is what's crazy is it's the next two days I was, we were driving to North Carolina, the Outer Banks for the, with the family. And I, for some reason I woke up at five in the morning on the, we were drive close enough because we could check into our place the next day. It's a long drive. We're in some hotel in the middle of nowhere. And I woke up at five and I looked at my phone and there's a text and it said, Hey Casey, you don't know me, but, um, I, I don't know if you've seen, there's a Michael Mosley's little sister. Her name is, um, her name is Mariah and she put a Facebook post up and it just said that she was so tired and so much in so much pain and so tired and didn't know what else to do. If anybody knew who Casey was, could you please give my number? because I want to be that one more. And I was just like, I mean, it's five in the morning. I just started crying. I started sobbing. And um, I went out and went down to the lobby and I was like, oh my gosh. God, he's just so, he's so, he's just so trustworthy and so faithful. If you just do, just do what I, my spirit moves you to do and watch what I do with it. And so since then, not only have we been talking, but we've been, I text her all the time. With his sister. And just with his sister to just tell her how loved she is and just tell her who God is and try to, trying to help her through this walk, you know, where she is. She's a, she's a 22 year old girl also with her brother in prison forever. And her other brother was killed in the drug deal. And, wow. And so wow. she's, so well, I'm no better than her. She's battling like, like all our kids are, you know, no, and that, losing two life. of her brothers yeah. in that way. And so, and, and he's just going, if that's all this whole thing was about, then it's, then his work was done. And there's so many all about those things. First of all, that, that crushes me in that story. Uh, but like, I know in my logical re recovery mind that I have like dream, resentment is like drinking poison, waiting for the other person to die. I know that. I know that. That's what you're doing. You're just drinking that's a glass great. of poison, waiting for that's, them to die. That's so it doesn't work. It's not, but it's a lot harder to said than yeah. done. I mean, it's, it's easier said than done. Um, but when I saw you saying that, I was like, cause there's, by the way, my, my son wasn't, I mean, actually he was poisoned by someone to yeah. put fentanyl and something that, but it wasn't, the automatic thing, but there's a few places along the way for me to get resentments. I say that I've forgiven everyone along the way. Um, there's a few instances where yeah. it's easy for me to go, that's eh, not really, you know, there's something there. Yeah. And when I saw you do that, I think what totaled me was, damn, man, if Casey can do that, you're good to go. You're, 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 you can, you yeah. can forgive yeah. anyone and move yeah. on from, from whatever resentment that you're holding on to. And I'm, I'm pretty good about saying I forgive somebody. I'll, I'll orate it. I'm Baptist enough to know that, you know, we feel like we yeah. say something, it's just done. We, whether we did it or not, but, um, but I saying it and then truth, truthfully holding a little, 
uh, anger. I'm yeah. pretty good at like, I don't do sadness as often, but man, I can get really uh, some righteous yeah. indignation going and just be angry. Yeah. And, um, and when I saw you do that, I man, it just, it tore me down into a place that I just need, I'm like, I need to, I need to re-examine. And it yeah. was like, I knew we were going to have this talk this week. So this is like a week ago we were, I was in Florida. Um, and, and I was like, man, that, there's a reason that I saw that because it was random. Someone yes. just said, didn't know that you were coming to do this. Didn't hadn't talked about any of that. And um, it's just one of those moments where I'm like, if you, anyone, and I, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want you to think that I'm building you up to something that you don't want to be. I'm not saying that, but the truth is that that act is Christianity is what Lord. we're supposed to be doing. And I know that you, you had to be, you had to be willing to do it but you had to have help to do it. Cause yeah. I mean, forgiving someone who wronged you is one thing. And maybe, maybe it's the extreme nature of this that makes it possible for you. Forgiving yeah. someone who stabbed your son. Yeah. That's the crazy thing because I know because I'm with you. I mean, there's some stuff. I still have stuff probably in me that I resent that I have not forgiven with way less. Smaller things. stuff. Yeah. So much smaller things. Yeah. And that one is just like, whoa, man, how did, cause I really am. I, I mean, I am, I am, uh, I pray for that guy. I pray for him and I really, really do mean it. He's, it's not eating me up, not even one bit. And I think when you just, uh, uh, it comes, it just comes from just seeking that his word where he says what he says to you and what he promises you. And it just supernaturally just came. It just gave me peace. Well, that one's it. too heavy to carry, too. Yeah. It's, it's too, too, it's too heavy. You can't carry that one. And you, I would say, you know, I mean, you have the right. I mean, you have to. Uh, you're not off course at all. That's why I said before, you know, like I I, I really feel for both of you because, yeah, it's it. They're um, in the in a in a flick of a moment. You know, you Clay steps into a situation and makes makes a choice, whether it was right or wrong. I mean, he made a choice. You know, he could have. Just walk away, you know, or and in the or or when you're our our boys in their group, they go out and drink a beer or smoke something. Man, they don't expect somebody. They don't expect someone to stab them over it. They don't expect somebody to, to drop something in their beer or in their smoke. That's just it's not right. They were you know that's a that's so you you uh, I mean everybody knows that you don't even have to defend it in this side because everybody knows that that uh sage uh uh you know the, the, the it's just a it, I, i'll just flat out say that he was you know he's just basically murdered you know like everybody else you know like some of these that's just it's not it's not normal it's not right it's not uh let me ask you this i've, I've been wanting to ask you this and this is something something i would typically ask you here but i'm just going to ask because the guy the dealer that sold the drugs. They, they had arrested him and we're going to charge him with second degree murder. And then, um, his buddy changed the story and whatever it happened, it didn't, it didn't happen. I talked to the cops for a while I talked to the DA, a great guy for a little bit. It's been a few years, but I have felt like it's not, that's not my, um, that's not my hill to die on. Yeah. It hasn't been, I'm, I'm concerned. I, I think that dangerous people want, I want to be safe and have dangerous people off the street, whatever, but it hasn't been my, um, I have been much more inclined to try to listen to what you're saying and 
forgive the people around me or whatever and let the people out there do their job and pray that this guy doesn't hurt somebody else rather than just beating myself up to go after this person. Uh, I, that's, that's what good. do you feel? I, I, no, I, just, I think you're, I think you're right. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, there's literally, I mean, um, you don't have to try anymore. Just, uh, you know, I think our, our justice system is jacked up, but it's nothing that God didn't know. Yeah. 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 (laughs) It's like, and not only that, I mean, you're keeping dangerous people off the street. I mean, the guy, this guy that did this, he shouldn't have been out there. Right. But that's, but if he wasn't out there, then it doesn't happen. Maybe, maybe not, but he was, and he did. And then whatever. So, you know, the last person, uh, could be beating themselves up about well, why didn't we go fight and try to get that guy off? He, he just didn't. And it, and it doesn't, it's not your, yeah, it's not your battle. He's, he knows. I mean, that's what I always got to, we got to make sure that, that we remember that God is not up there wringing his hands going, Oh my God, I didn't know this guy was going to yeah. get off the hook. Yeah. Oh, now what? It's and all I, screwed I, up the whole plan. No. And I went down that road for a while and it felt like this is not your, this is not what, the plan I have for you. This is, this is, this is just, you know, it's a part of it. A couple of things I want to ask you about. I can't remember the exact story, but the, I, the, the signs, we still get signs, but man, that first yeah. six months, man, it was like oh, yeah, yeah. the veil is thin. Yeah. And we got, I mean, Crazy. things that people would have said, like, I got a couple pat on the shoulders. Well, whatever makes you feel better. Yeah. And I wanted to punch people in the throat. Don't, you know, go, but I would have been that guy yeah. outside of this experience going, well, whatever makes you feel better. But there's a story about the Leonard Skinner song. Oh yeah. With Clay. Yeah. Can you tell that story? Yeah, I can't that, remember. Exactly. It's just so. Yeah. It was, it was, it was really crazy. I, I was, uh, the, uh, Clay was at a school in New York on Long Island and, and his, the pastor that he met up there that, that he was doing Bible studies with, just called and decided to bring all the football players he could down for the, for the celebration. And so they came and they stayed at this hotel out there and uh, out there near, near Franklin. And, and, and that morning they all decided to get up before the celebration. They go, they all said, we want to go down to this place at the dogwood where, where it happened. Yeah. And he was like, I don't think that's a good idea. It's going to wreck y'all and blah, blah, blah. And they're, no, no, we've, we've thought about it and we want to do it. And they were like, okay. So they loaded up at nine in the morning that maybe that Saturday morning and went down there and there wasn't much traffic, not much, nobody around. And they were just kind of going up at the, one of the, there was a bouncer out in there that happened to be there the week before and was like, yeah, I'll tell you about what happened. And, this is this is how I was here, and this is where that have that blah blah, and uh, and that was going to be pretty much it. And then they were they were like, "Thank you," and they started gathering together. And and Pastor uh, Todd said, "Man, guys, let's pray over this area. Let's circle up and pray right now." And and they were like, "Okay." And so they made this big circle, and there, and he was. Pastor Todd had his eyes closed and he's praying and and uh, and he kind of heard uh, some kind of little commotion, but then then he looked in and right in the middle of the the circle there's this old homeless guy with a guitar and um, there's a hole in it 
he had taken a guitar to Clay learn how to play guitar and some stuff and he'd beat it up and, but he had it in his dorm room. And this is like backstory, but, but, but his roommate, and they turned in the best friends, this guy, Jake Boff, who spoke at it. Um, he said, uh, yeah, Clay's just drive me crazy all the time. You know, things I didn't know, you know, he said, uh, he, uh, would stand on his bed and just play, play Freebird all the time. And he'd get on there and, he, and I was like, shut up. Cause it, Jake was mostly black and, and he didn't want to hear that stuff. And he didn't care about country music. And he'd get out there and sing Freebird. And I was like, and so first of all, now backtrack one day before, I had no idea about that. I didn't even know Clay liked Freebird that the the lady Pam from the the memorial place Pam Stevens you guys you, you she's Pam, amazing yeah yeah so she she called the day before and said this video is awesome everything's great but we need one more song because uh, we don't because it's gonna go long and you, it just doesn't cover it I don't want to replay a song and I was like and I had made an executive decision without Susan around I was like. Uh, <laughs> And we called Clay, we called him Bird all the time. <clears throat> Clay Bird. Yeah. And we called him Birdie. Kenneth called him Bird. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I don't know why. I, it, it's not me. I'm not a fan of this song. I like Skinner. And I, all right. But, you know, I'm not a, I'm not, I'm a fan of Southern rock and all that stuff. Yeah. Clay was a big classic rock, all that stuff. So I didn't know that about, for, had zero idea. And I said, uh, Free Bird. And she was like, Really? And I go, yeah, Freebird. Okay. And uh, then I told Susan on the, why, when we got there and it started during the- So you didn't even know he was playing Freebird for his roommate when you told no, her to play No, I had it. no idea. That so you he, just randomly that said knew, Freebird? That he would sing the song. I didn't know he knew the words. I didn't know he knew who- I knew he liked classic rock. That's all I knew. But uh, uh, so then, but this is a whole week after the whole weekend, that weekend of the celebration and all that. I'm reading a story that Pastor Todd, he, goes, he, call, he sends me a story and he goes, hey, uh, will you read this story and see if you like it? I did, someone asked me to send in this magazine and it's just about my faith and things and I wanted to say the impact Clay had on my life. And I'm reading it and I go back to this story and it says, um, so we went down there and checked out the dogwood and the kids were circled up praying and then all of a sudden this homeless guy with a guitar appears in the middle of the circle and I opened my eyes and I was, I was taken back. I was like, Hey, hey, excuse me. He goes, Hey man, what are y'all doing here? And then he goes, let me play y'all a song. And, and, uh, and, uh, he, uh, can't, I, I don't know what, I don't know what song he played, but it, uh, I can't remember what he played first, but he played a song. He just broke out in the song. And then he was done and they go, okay, they gave someone threw some money at him. And I don't even know if he took it or nothing. He goes, let me play you another. And they were said, no, nah, man, well, we got, no, don't worry about it. He goes, no, no, man. He said, he said, me and, me and Trigger know everything. Clay's best friend in the world was his dog, Trigger, who lives with us still. And that's who he left behind. And he goes, me and Trigger know everything. And Boff goes, Trigger? And he goes, who's that? And he goes, my guitar. It's Trigger. And he goes, he goes, I got one for you. And he started playing Freebird. And, <laughs> and, and they were just like, and Boff 
Jake was like, oh my God, what in the world is going on here? And this is all, I'm just reading this. I didn't go, and I didn't know this story. And then he said, then he got done playing and we just kind of got back together and there were some people weeping and Bob was telling the story like, that was Clay's best friend, that's his dog's name. And then they were like, what? And then they looked up and the guy, they looked behind and then the guy was gone. He was just nowhere to be found. They couldn't find him anywhere. And then uh, they were just blown away. And then, uh, then fast forward to the, later on that day, we we're driving to church and, and, uh, we get there and they're showing the video and and Susan goes, What's where'd this song come from? <laughs> Flurry Free. I go, I, I just told them to play it. Free bird. It makes sense. She's like, Okay, or whatever. But then later on, after reading that story and all that, it just and you didn't even know that. I right? had no idea. Had no idea about any of that stuff. So that's just that was a that I mean, it's not a not a coincidental thing. I have more than one signs piece, but that one just is like unbelievable. I mean, the trigger as the guitar—that's the part yeah. that I couldn't remember. I mean, that's just you know. He had a he had a he went through co- high school and college with this weird ministry he started called One Three Seven. Yeah, and yeah. I, he and I knew about too. this, and I, he'd always say One Three Seven. They had a handshake with all his certain buddies, and I didn't know what it meant. And I, and I, I never knew that my other, his siblings knew, but they didn't share it with me. And it was something, I thought it was some Trump wannabe gang thing or whatever, <laughs> whatever. And they'd always do it. And it was one, three. So they always put it on their eye black and they I had it. He had it tattooed on him. He had it everywhere. It was always this. And he had a lot of things on his computer for the ministry. Shirts made up on it, you know, that were left behind. There's how he want to do it. And it, and it, and it. And it was it wasn't till then that I found out what it meant. And so one three seven is means one God, three Godhead, seven is finished the final number. That's what he it was many. So he always said everything they talked about was one three seven, do it for do it for one three seven, do it for God. You know, play wow. for him. And it, you know, and so and the crazy th- also the other thing, after like a day after the thing, somebody that knew about that sent us the video of the service and said, OMG, look at the time of this service, the entire service from front to from the start to the end. 137. Was one hour and 37 minutes. I mean, we see that everywhere all no, the time, I, I, but I mean, you know, it, it's just, just uh, that was just that whole weekend was just like, what? It was crazy. Sage had a thing where he would just always go, that's 9-11. It just, I don't, I don't even yeah. know why he did it, but he always, it's 9-11. He just showed you his phone yeah. when it was 9-11. He just always pointed out. I've had more, like there's a crossroads thing coming in and I had to make a decision. I'm like, I need to call this person. It's the right thing to do. And I picked up the phone. It's 9-11. The, the, we'll be watching a football game and the clock will stop on 9-11 or a football game we're watching, which is a very odd score. will be 11 and 9 to 11 and it'll be, <laughs> but it, all the time. Yeah. I'm hiking the other day and I just left my earbuds in the car. So I'm just going to be quiet. I'm going to do this walk with Sage. Like I literally, like I'm going to yeah. just do this walk with Sage and I'm walking through and there's a post, there's like uh mile markers on this thing, nine 11 on the thing. And I, I've walked, I've done that hike 50 times and never noticed yeah. it. But the day I said, I'm going to walk with Sage today. I'm leaving the earbuds in the car, no music, no talking, no podcast. And I walk it and I see that it's, it's 
that's one of the many things, but that the numbers game, I mean, you can, it's crazy. What is it? I think, um, was it how someone Winston Churchill or somebody, somebody said you can live life as though nothing's a miracle or as though everything's a miracle. Yeah. And I'm pretty into the everything's a miracle now. So do I. I yeah, do. I it's, believe it's it. all, I think we're going to be, I think we're going to be flabbergasted with how much when, sense everything makes. Oh yeah. How much, yeah. Uh, and the, and you talk about the impact and the ripple effect with your son's life and what it between what that, uh, as far as God's concerned, granted, he is concerned. He's worried. He does, you know, he doesn't like to see us sad and all that's granted that, but it's not that it doesn't care enough, uh, you know, but it's, it's really, really an insignificant in the grand scheme. It's not, it's not a big deal, but for us, he knows that we know that it is a big deal. And so he cares, but, he trusts us enough to give it to us anyway. Yeah. And that, that is, uh, there's a guy, one of our, uh, uh, guys in the, the dad's group that's that lost his son. He, he always said, we're, we're in a, we're in a, we're in a place because God trusted us enough to give us. Yeah, this. That's, and that's true. You and I are not here talking about this outside of the worst thing ever, but somebody out there who might need to hear this, whatever it is, the one human being yeah. is, is, is going to be there. Like, um, we can do with this what we will. I mean, I, my yeah. instinct would be to climb into a bottle of Crown Royal and you'd yeah. never see me again. Yeah. So, I, you know, I'm, I wouldn't just ruin my own life. Though. I'd ruin everybody else's. I would just, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm a bad alcoholic, which is why I haven't had a drink in 17 years. But that, it's amazing to me. It's never crossed my mind since they It's just not, not even an option. No, I will, I will never. Yeah. And that is my go-to. What would you do if this happened? I even had an agreement with God. I've told this before. You take one of my kids, I'm drinking again. Like all bets yeah. are off. Like this is not, that's the deal breaker. You can't do that. And the truth is, it's, it's I don't want to drink. Yeah. It hasn't. He took it from me. And I was, at the time I was drinking before, I'm just drinking beer a little bit, still a little bit before then. So you would think, well, that's a good enough reason to go really start, to go, why not? Yeah. But I haven't had one, haven't had one since. I haven't, he just took it out of my life. Oh, really? I don't even, I don't even, you didn't I don't even care have a problem. at all. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have a bad, I didn't have a problem. I mean, it was in my family and I liked, I liked beer every now and then. It was a fun thing, especially on the beach or whatever and whatever. But he just, all that stuff is like, I, I just trust him and I just, you know, deny in the flesh when I can, you know, and, um, and I just, and you practice at it and you just go, yeah, that's, I just got, I'm getting through that. I didn't need that. And just, and he's proving over and over, you don't need that. He is sufficient. And I'm just finding out that how, how really truly sufficient he is in all things. And I just don't need, I'm finding, he's just flipped the whole thing upside down, turned everything where it's like, dang, man, I, I, I just, I know it's hard for, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I really starting to begin to really enjoy life and understand what it's really about. It's always about that one more. It's always about what are we going to do with this in, a, in the suffering part? I mean, we could think about that and ask why all the time, but my thing or the question is why not? Why not you, you know, why not? It, it, why it, should it be somewhere else? No, no, I, you know, and I'm, and I, I would say that man, he not like he didn't know, but, he entrusted the right 
the right people when he gave you this. Because y'all are, uh, you guys have been amazing in your walk and the people you reach, the people, man, the, I, I starting to think about it because I was always wondering, I know, gosh, why did you give me like that song? What, what, but it, it was a success. And why did I, why that song? It's a dumb song. And I'm sorry that I, that I wrote it and it doesn't bring any honor to the king or do anything. And I'd wonder about that. And I'm like, yeah, okay, but I, he doesn't care. It's all right. You could write the song. But now I look back and go, man, I get it. I totally get it. Like you could, uh, he could take a, you know, it's a platform for the good stuff. It's a platform. Yeah, you know, you like, how do you get where you could reach people? You know, because, you know, now I'm going to use that. I'm going to make people know your name, even if it's a stupid song, but they're going to, you know, that's and you're going to, and then when you change, when I change you and your heart and everything in you, and I'm not saying I'm by anything perfect or, but, you know, I, I just know that my hope is in a, all my hope is in a different, different place. And it's, and it's not wasted in, um, in the just chasing the, the things of this world anymore. Yeah. And that's, that, that is, that's amazing. And you're, I want you to know you're, you're a super huge inspiration to me, but not just me, a lot of people, but that ripple effect of you, somebody's helping you give you strength. You're helping give me strength. And then we put it out there and, and people are much more healthy because somebody's talking about this. I want to ask about your other kids. How are, how are your other kids? Yeah, they're, um, uh, they're doing great. Um, yeah, they're all doing great for the most part. They've had the same kind of transformation. CJ is a little bit more, he stays a little bit more removed from the family. So he hasn't been able to just get saturated deeply in, in, in the truth that we've been, you know, that you immediately, uh, I mean, like immediately afterwards, you know, it becomes like there was a two month span there of just every single day getting together with the ones you love and the truth and the people that could just encourage and show you the truth. And he didn't get that, that initial thing. So he's all, you know, he, uh, he probably thinks he has more questions, but he's, you know, he's on his own timeline, but he's, but he's doing great. He's getting along. And Tucker is, uh, I would say Tucker has just been, for me, he's been a gigantic rock for me because he's turned, his whole life has turned over so much and he's grown so much in what matters. It's changed his song. It's changed it. Just the character he's becoming and the life. Because I remember, I remember even I used to tell Tuck when he got his deal, he was 19 and he was trying to make a record and all this stuff. And I was like, man, you're not going to tell me anything. What are you going to tell me? You know, you're not going to sing a song that I'm going to go, yeah, that's, you know. Although you did write a number one with your son. Yeah. I and mean, then he was, he was the artist. He song, won't sing it. Great. I, don't like, I hate that song. Oh, you know, no, that's what no, he says. great. I, know, I, I like. Uh, rock on. Yeah. Uh, Tucker, Tucker Bethard. By the way, your kids, I mean, well, first of all, great kids. But in, I mean, NFL quarterback, a rock star. I hear Charlie's amazing gospel singer. Yeah. I don't know where I heard that. praise but. and worship stuff. And she's doing great. She just. She's in the middle of the record negotiating all that with with Toby's company. Oh wow! Goatee, awesome. Yeah, but uh, she's uh, 
I don't know. She's still, she's just doing it. If something comes along, she does, you know, she's no, just, just kind of blind with it. Yeah, yeah. It's all of them. And I'll say this about your, your, your boys play, watching the older ones play football and then seeing, uh, firsthand. I mean, Sage was like in 10th grade when, when Clay was his senior playing. Um, so we were there and, and, uh, they're warriors. They, all of them, that's, that's you used that word earlier. And I, that's exactly what I thought yeah. about all of them. And, uh, that's a, that's just an impressive attribute to have, regardless of. I mean, obviously, there's there's talent involved in things God gave you, but the warrior thing sometimes I think we get to decide: do I want to do this this way, or do I want to, you know, do yeah. I want to step out of bounds? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and they yeah. don't step out of bounds. You're, yeah. you're, you're guys. I don't I don't know your girls. Uh, well, I, I'm grateful, like you guys, like you and Brett. You guys are, you know, they're just they're competitive. And they love each other and they're going to try to outdo each other. And But they're all together. You know, they just grew up that way. Everything when they're kids, you know, they, it's, you, wait, oh, I finished my milk before you did. Of course. And it's like, you know, I mean, compete over literally things yeah. that are almost not yeah. capable of competing over. We yeah. would compete over. Who had more noodles do. in their soup? Or, they still do. My, CJ's 28 and he picks on Tatum. <laughs> She's 12. He's like, Oh man, yeah, you didn't even da da da. I can't, you know, huh? How many kids do you five, five. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, um, that, yeah. That's it's amazing that that competition grinds them to good art. You know, just just it's good. It helps make them. It gives them a chance out there. Brett and I are in our fifties, and we'll still be on a plane and do that. I got you last. We we'll touch each other, touch <laughs> each other, got you last. I mean, we're in our fifties. It's literally the I most childish it. thing. Oh yeah. Um, I so I end up. I, I ask everyone a question if, if doing this, and and I think the first half of this answer for you is obvious, but the second half will be. But what's the worst thing that ever happened to you, and what's the best thing that came out of that? Well, yeah. I mean, it's obvious to. Uh, not get to truly say goodbye to your son, your kid, your child to, yeah, just uh, to someone to, uh, to lose a son to, 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 for this time and for them to, especially to go before, for us, before us as dads, you know, I think we'd try to avoid that at all costs. You know, I'd rather take it, you know, but, but then that would be selfish, you know. But all these revelations are the best things, you know. We immediately started going, oh, I wish it was me. What, so he could be here hurting? You know, because I don't want to feel this pain. That's the bottom line. I don't want to miss him. But I realized that, yeah, no, God gave me him so that I could get through this. God gave me himself, his son Jesus, so I could be saved and get through this and believe him and and I just started, I think it was that, is that I just turned, um, uh, the best thing that could have, that ever happened because of this, and I don't see it in other ways, it's just that the turning to him instead of anything else mm-hmm. and to a deeper relationship. You know, you think you're walking with him. I thought I knew him, but I didn't. I didn't know him like I know him now and how, how much he really is on our side and how much it's not about this time on earth. I mean, the only, it, it's like, I even heard this this morning. I mean, we are here to be about his business. That's it. And how much I might not have been about his business all the time. I was worrying and meddling and all these other things and trying, uh, trying to make it or trying to make it for the kids, wanting them to make it, wanting them to be happy. 
when I realized that, you know, you know, there's joy and peace in all things. And I, and I truly found that in, um, in the worst possible thing that could happen to, if you'd have told me that I, I could find joy and peace in that, in, in, in suffering. In, oh, you'd, I'd say, and I never really got it, you know, and they talk joy about and Paul, and, Paul yeah. and the thorn in the side. I was like, we always guess, what is that? I wonder what it is. Did he really have a thorn? What was, I get it, man. It was just a, you know, like people, what I got, this was the hardest thing is that you get a lot of people texting like after the trials going, well, now you could turn the page. You're like, nah. I hate when people say that stuff. I'm glad, I'm glad you got through that. Now you could, and I'm like, man, it's, I'll ne- you know, I'll never not miss my son. I'll never not feel, wish, wish I could be with him and hold him and all that stuff. And, and that is my thorn. And, and, you know, but that keeps me going to God, you know, so these things, these sufferings, and that's what I realize now that I realize it, that if we don't, if we don't, uh, comfortable, he's not interested, he's not interested in us being comfortable. He wants us to understand who we are in him. And that's the only way we can get through this world. Yeah, know, getting think. comfortable being uncomfortable is definitely one of the gifts that yeah. I have. I'm just more okay with being uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes is much closer to my lips than no, which is, would have been the opposite for you. Will you? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yes. Check it out. Yeah. I went and spoke to a like 1,500 funeral directors for Pam Stevens at her thing. That is not what I would have thought was a nice Wednesday morning thing. It was awesome. Yeah. Amazing people. Brett and I played one song. We played If You're Reading This for them. And I spoke to these. This, it's just not something that I would have done before. But yes. that, it's, it's, um, yeah. It's just everything, everything opens up. It's this, the surrender that you kind of have to have. And, and I, like this conversation, and if you heard this, oh, so these guys are celebrating, it doesn't mean we don't have rough days. I know you have hard no. days. I don't even have to ask about them. Right. Um, but the, the encouragement and the other times, man, just as I, I'm, I'm uh, I'm grateful to have you as a friend, but I'm even more grateful to have you as a mentor or someone to be able to watch because it is um, when I, I went to Clay's funeral, you know, there's a I sat in the balcony and uh, with, a, with a, a couple friends. And um, when Susan talked, I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I really thought she was so great. I thought, well, she's fine because <laughs> yeah. the talk was so great. Yeah. And now I realize this isn't ever over. Yeah. We are never, there's, yeah. there's your, the, the thorn, there's a the thorn, yeah. there's an empty spot. My heart was broken forever. Yeah. But what do we do with that broken heart? That's what we get to do. Yeah. And, and there's all kinds of, I mean, there's spiritual things, but they have practical results. And the practical results of the spiritual things are that we get to help other people along the way suffering from this. And that's, don't you, don't you feel like you, I think you said it just a few minutes ago that I think don't you feel like, opportunities that you never would have had before these these are like this this but they happen all the time you would speak in the 1500 doing these things like these well you want me to come talk just yeah i saw you say something are you said i'm yeah this is the song right i met you or whatever and i i i'm like wow i i mean like you said we we won't even know you don't even know the the, the, the things that 
It's probably good because we'd get ego about it if we knew, right? We don't need <laughs> yeah, to know. Yeah. But I mean, we have been, it's funny, uh, Brett and I have been approached about doing podcasts since the, since I didn't even know what a podcast yeah. was. I'm like, yeah, I'm not too good. And, and if I did a podcast, it would be, well, let's have your famous friends on and, and yeah. make, you know, the podcast that makes you look cool. Talk about old drunk Definitely not. Yeah, yeah. How, how funny we were. We're sober now, but let's talk about how fun this, um, but this definitely wouldn't have been my Okay, no, this is totally. what you're gonna do. We're gonna you're gonna have a, a you're gonna talk about grief with your friends. Yeah, what? And that is the difference. I don't really care. Yeah. And, and the truth is, um, caring what people think about you probably makes them think less of you. Like I, I wouldn't care so much what people thought about me if I realized how little they did. Yeah. You know, they that's right. Nobody cares right. about you. you yeah, people exactly. care about themselves. We're exactly our circles are really small and, and getting rid of that worry about having to appear the right way for the right person, or whatever. It's like, it's one of those gifts, man. That, yeah, that is right. a gift. And, and I honestly, Casey, this is not no, no BS. I feel like you've always had a better serving of that than, than most people in our business. Well, you just see. quietly went in and just kicked butt at your, at your job. And you have, uh, you got a great family and your wife is amazing. Your kids are amazing. And, and you just did your job and you were a positive Christian guy before this thing ever happened. And then when this happens, that's when you're supposed to implode. Right. And you just, that's why it's so good to be headed down the right path when this does happen, because you accelerated down the path you were already on. If you had been on the, if I had been drinking when this happened, I, there'd be two graves. I'd already be dead. There's no <laughs> doubt. But I would, but uh, yeah, you know, God knows what he's doing, right? He got me on the, I was on the path, headed yeah. the right way. When I, and, and Michelle and I were were close when this happened because this either splits your marriage yeah. up or makes it closer. But we were close because we had, we had had to deal with some difficulties together as family and we were strong. And this is so, this has made us even stronger versus tear us apart. So... There's always hope. There's always hope. But man, just pointing ourselves in the right direction and going there. I don't think like your Copenhagen and beer and my my filthy mouth from my mother's perspective. I'm not saying that it's that's God's best all the time. But I do know that we're supposed to meet him and find that direction yeah. and head down that road. And he'll meet us exactly yeah. where we are. We can't meet him where he is because we don't get that's there. Right. He meets us where we are. Right. Thank we can't, God. We can't earn it. Now, yeah, you already said that. Yeah. But, you know, here's one more thing that we didn't bring up, like the the chance of you and I meeting out at Huff's that day. I meant to say that. Yeah. What was that? What was that about? I mean, how in the world and why does that happen? I mean, OK, so I knew. What was it about that? Afterwards that I that you were just riding. But I mean, it was I don't know, a week or two after the celebration. I don't know. Well, we were riding motorcycles, so it had to be a couple months. This is probably April. But it was getting, what it was, right? Getting warm. It's probably cool out. Closer to when Sage went to heaven. Closer to when Sage went to heaven. I mean, very close. So Clay died on December 21st. I hadn't seen you. I went, I was at the funeral, but I I didn't even stay after the funeral. There's like a million people there. Yeah, but what was the day? So it was, um, it was, I thought it was a few months, probably right between Yeah, there. I mean, what was the day of Sage's? Sage's was May the 18th of the yeah, next so year. Yeah, so it was right around then. So you it was were right around then, yeah. It was like, like April. It was probably because April. Because I think it was, I remember talking to Kenneth and going, when I just saw him two weeks ago. or two, Maybe it was I, even, yeah, maybe it was. It a, was within. Maybe it was May, because, yeah. I mean, it was within, I think, within weeks. 
Yeah. Either from I one think it to was two weeks. weeks because I hadn't seen you not only that and probably maybe up to a year. Yeah. A couple of years. I definitely hadn't seen you since, since Clay passed. And it was funny because I should know you and you and I both and how much we think of the government, but yeah. it was COVID as hell, right? Yeah. It was super. Yeah. And I saw you and I'm like, Holy cow. And I was riding to, to a, um, a yeah. 12 step meeting with a couple of buddies. And I saw you and I'm like, and I started a fist bump. I'm like, no way, man. And we just yeah. came and gave a big hug when nobody yeah. was hugging, you know what I mean? It was, and, um, I, for some reason, even that day, I was like, man, that, that was, I thought it was on your behalf that we had, like, that was just, I go, there's a reason we ran into each other. I well, just knew I thought that. I, for a second there, you'd think maybe it was, um, because you brought up, you're like, you know, we, you traded, tell me you're sorry. And I was like, yeah, I know, you know, this you're going, you know, well, you told me about Sage and where he was and you're saying, but I've, I've let it go. You were talking about letting it go. And I go, I can't worry about it anymore. And you were going in depth about where he was and you go, you know, and he's starting to, I think you were telling me you're starting to come around. And, and I, and I, when I started giving up the trying to worry about it and control, then he started and and it sounded at that point like it did. Well, it doesn't matter where he was in the time. He was too. He was he was sober for the better part of a year before that, and um, so when it was had to be weeks before because I remember telling you, man, I I, I haven't you know it's COVID. I hadn't said we offered for him to come stay here during COVID, and he didn't. And I I mean if I you know you go down those rabbit holes, I wish he had him. But when I saw you that day, I was kind of like. Oh, okay, this is what I'm supposed to. And by the way, us letting it go when he was here helped us let it go when he's yeah. gone. Because but, letting go of the control, you can't, we can't control a man. I can barely control myself. You know, it, we definitely can't hand sobriety or, or I mean, we can't, and we can't follow our kids around and make sure they're wearing their seatbelt or I don't even wear a seatbelt. So, yeah. you know, I'm bad. But that, that chance running into each other at Huff's was so uh, spiritual for me. And I thought it was just like, you're, you're that inspiration, man. That's how you, that's how you do something when you have a tragedy. You and, and Susan both were, it was, it was amazing. And the truth is that was for me. That yeah, was for I me. Was and what for was we were going to need each other. Yeah. Like yes. you are going to need each other, get yeah. reacquainted and make sure you say, Hey, and whatever. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know what that was for, but it was for something. And it turned out it was, I mean, who, I mean, that's how close we are to something like that because you never know. I mean, like here you are going, man, I'm sorry. And you're, and I know you were battling going through your same thing, but I, at the same time, you're like, you got to be thinking, I'm just glad that, you know, we still have ours and he's coming around and, and who would have known? I mean, but God did, you know, he and did. just for us to meet out at Huff's yeah, yeah. is crazy. I mean, that's right by my house, but, but, but I hadn't for seen him to be I'm out, there out there. And I'm never there, and I hadn't seen you in at least a year. I know. Maybe two years. And, yeah, it was, yeah, that's, yeah, there's so, so many, so many little things that work. A lot of these things are just uh, refreshing, and they, and they just give me, they encourage me and, and inspire me more. Yeah. You go, keep on, just keep on, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and People keep are, doing uh, it. People are a gift to us, uh, to each other. We are, we're supposed to be in, and, uh, uh, you're, you're, you're on the top of the list. I, it's, it's, it's quiet. We don't see each other that much, but I don't, I, I think to you when, um, 
right after Sage died, you and Susan came and we, we went to breakfast. Yeah. We needed to talk to somebody. Yeah. And I thought, well, man, they've been, they've been through all this, right? It's, just, it's yeah. all of five months. They're surely they're healed by now. And, and I remember not that long ago, I just texted you. I said, I'm just want you to know that now I realize that the five months since you lost your kid was nothing. Yeah. Like it was still a raw wound. We're all pros. And you know, we got I this. was thinking, well, they're fine, right? They've been through five months of this, not realizing that you just ripped a scab off that had just barely scabbed over at the time. So I'm grateful for that, but I understand. Now. I mean, this isn't a move on thing. It's a move forward thing. Yeah. And we, you know, there's no move. That's on. great. This, and I'll, I'll never, um, John Huey, uh, who I think, you know, is a booking agent, yeah. John, uh, he lost his son as well, but he's, he had a pastor friend that's, that's wife was with, and I, I will call her Betty cause I don't remember her name, but she was with some friends and they were together on the, the day of his, of his passing trans transition day that her son and one of her friends said, well, it's been a year now. Do we get the old Betty back? And it's like, no, you don't, you don't ever get the old Betty back and you don't ever get the old Brad back and you don't ever get the old Casey back. And and that's probably a good thing. Yeah, it's, it's a definitely a good thing. Yeah. It's a different, yeah, definitely a brand new perspective, man. It's just a, yeah, I mean, as if we're going to avoid going going there too, you know? No, we're, exactly. It makes me so much happier with everything else we're doing. And it, you know, the, the, the one of the great things I, I, I get reminded of, you, you had talked about, well, no, I don't think he'd come back. You know, if he knew what he knows and would he come back? And I think when we know what God knows, I think, uh, you know, we were, we're going to be grateful for everything that's happened. But what I remember right before it was November before then, and we were up at his college at a football game and he was supposed to come home for Thanksgiving. And so we were excited. Uh, you're like, well, we'll see you next week for Thanksgiving. He's, he's like, nah, mom, I'm not coming home. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? And she's like, no, mom, I want to be, I got a friend up here. His family's good. I don't want you guys, like I said before, I don't want you guys spending that money. It's not worth it. I'm going to stand up here. I like my friends. I'm going I'm to stay here. I'm like, dang, that was, no, but we want you to come home. Yeah. And he was like, no, I'm good. I'm good. You know, and so that just gives you a, <laughs> well, a little just, preview. Of, yeah, it was yeah. like, no, I'm good. You know, you know, like, dang. And so, yes. And, and and why don't we feel this way? Like CJ left the other day to go back to camp. He's out of our sight. Is he playing for the Jaguars? Yeah. Was, yeah. So he's out of our sight and he's gone. But why am I not in mourning? You know, it's the same thing. He's just over there. And we're going to see CJ again. Yeah, that's but we're right. going to see Clay again, too. He's just over there, you know. And so until I see him again. I mean, it's it's a damn FaceTime. If we didn't have damn FaceTime, yeah, then, yeah, you exactly. know, then we never got used to it. Yeah, if we never yeah. got used to it, it'd be like yeah. like people used to go off to war for years yeah. and we didn't see yeah. them. And we, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you helped me a lot with that perspective. You you, you did it early. I'm I'm, I'm grateful. Uh, love to your whole family. Love you, oh, man. Yeah. Thank you for doing this, see Casey. You love you guys more. Thank appreciate you, you, man. Thank you. Dude, appreciate uh, you, man. That's, uh, you know what. Hey, 
how we do an hour and a half? There's no way that's going to say 137. Yeah, I was like, 137. Oh my God, when you look at it. Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, what was it? Time on the, an hour and 37 in? Yeah, it was an hour and 37 in. Yeah. When you looked at it. When I looked at it, because y'all were talking about it, yeah, I was like, you can't, can't make that up. You're talking about it, I was just like, I was like, I know you've been talking about it for an hour. I know you've been talking about an hour and a half. There's no way this is 137 right now. I looked at it, I was like, what? Oh, <laughs> God, that is crazy. Oh, that doesn't surprise me at all.